Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. You say, well, pastor, how do I make that happen where, where I can bridge the gap of where I am to where I need to be? You know, it's easy to look at men and women of the Bible and say, you know what, if I could be like them, then I could do what God did in their life and through their life. But pastor, I'm not a great person like David and I don't have courage like Joshua. And, and maybe you look at Ruth and Esther and, and their faith and exploits for God. And, and maybe it's, it's individuals like Daniel in the lion's den or maybe it's Paul in the Bible. Yeah, let's talk about Paul for a minute because Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. No doubt one of the most influential people in all of the Bible. And it would be very easy for you and I to compare our life with his life. To say, you know what? Paul did great things for God, but I'm not him. And I can't do those things because I, I, I've got issues and I've got mess ups and I've got life things happening to me. But I would venture to say that you are more like the men and women in the Bible than you even know. Like you have more in common with the people we read about and God inspires you about when we preach about them and you say, man, that's incredible for them. I wish that could happen to me. It can happen to you. In fact, let me show you how similar you are to Paul because in second Corinthians chapter one, it says this, Paul is writing and he says this, we don't want you in the dark friends about how hard it was when the pressure of life came down on us. And he was in Asia at this time. What, what, what he's saying is this. Um, have you ever been in a time in your life where there was pressure? Come on, 6 p.m. Are you with me? Yeah. Like, like, have you ever had like, just like a bad day? Yeah. Anybody ever have a bad week? Yeah. Come on, anybody have a bad month? Yeah. Anybody ever have a bad year? Yeah. Wow. Man, we're just getting more enthusiastic about it. I believe that, man, in 2019, we're going to break that. This year is the year of increase. This year is the year we take the city. This is, oh, man, come back next week. That's going to be good. I'm about to preach next week's message tonight. He, he says this. He says, when life and pressure were, were, were just bearing down on me, he says, it was so bad. We, we didn't even think that we were going to make it. Come on, you ever been there before? Where there was so much despair and discouragement. You're like, I don't even know how I'm going to get through this. Look what he says. We, we felt like we had been sent to death row and that it was all over for us. But as it turned out, it was the best thing that could have ever happened. Now, I, I read that and I'm like, homie, say what? <laughs> like, you just said that your life and pressure was so bad that you wanted to die. But then you said that very thing that you identified in your life that made you want to die is actually the best thing that could have ever happened to you the pressure is crushing you but it's not crushing you to the place of destroying you it's crushing you so that you can see what's inside of you you see what pressure does pressure puts you in a place where you don't really know what's inside of you until there's pressure it's like when you put a grape in a in a press and they begin to press the grape all of a sudden you begin to see what's inside of it you see the pressure in your life god has allowed it to pressure you so that you can see your faith come alive you can see what's really inside of your heart Man, you want to see what's really in somebody? Put some pressure on them. Because I, I don't care how loud you shout when the worship team is going. How loud are you shouting when the pressure's on? <laughs> oh, y'all don't even want to preach with me tonight. That's okay. 
Because, man, when this team is leading it's in worship, George, man, they're back there. You saw we were back there. The enemy's defeated, man. That's like, woo! But my praise is not a product of pressure. My praise is a product of his presence. So when we're praising, man, the presence of God is in this room. And so what happens with a worshiper is, man, you can't help but worship when you look at the devil as scared as a little wimp and running from you. And you look at, but, but, but if you understand as a believer, there will be seasons of pressure. And sometimes so much of it that you'll even feel like you want to die. And that's when you see what's inside of you. My question I have for you is this. What is it that comes out of you when the pressure is put on you? Look what Paul goes on to say. I love this. Look what he says. We felt like we've been sitting to death row. It was over. It was the best thing for us. But, but how in the world could you even think that this is the best thing? He goes on to tell us because instead of trusting in our own strength or our own wits or intellect to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he is the God who raises the dead. There, there's another story about how God raises the dead, and it's about Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. It says this, this is what the scriptures mean when God told him, speaking of Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. In other words, God says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. You're going to have children galore. Come on, somebody. I mean, I'm good with two, Jesus. Don't bless me that way. (laughs) You're going to have kids galore, but I'm going to open your borders. I'm going to prosper you. Your business is going to prosper. All of your things are going to prosper. And you think, well, how in the world did Abraham tap into that kind of favor? Because having all those kids is only favor if you want those kids. Apparently, Abraham wanted those kids. And, and we learn how Abraham tapped into it. He says this. He said this. This happened because Abraham believed. believed. Come on, someone say believe. believe. In the God who brings dead things back to life and created new things out of nothing. I love it because every one of us have something. But God says this, I do my best work when you've got nothing left. (laughs) I do my, my braggadocious, amazing miracles when there's a person who is in a place where they have absolutely nothing, you've got no dignity left, you've got no pride left, you've got nothing left. And when God says, when you get down to absolutely nothing, get ready because I'm about to do the greatest something in your life. So watch this. Watch this. The key to Abraham being called the father of many nations is this simple word that I want to introduce to you tonight. In 2019 that you could tap into. He opened the door of blessings and favor because he chose to believe in God. And I'm not talking about just believing in God. Because you go in anywhere in Miami, hey, do you believe in God? I was with someone this week and we were, there was this, 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 this I can't even tell that story. I'll tell that another time. But, but you can go anywhere in the city and you ask people, hey, do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. 
And we were, okay, I'll go ahead and talk. We, 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 we were, <laughs> this guy had like all kinds of symbols on him and like devil things and Mardi Gras beads and, 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 and I'm just going to say it. The brother was dressed like a woman. Okay. You know, he was just, he was just dressed like a woman and he was like, all oh, this stuff. You could tell he was like out of it on drugs and, and, and we were talking to him about Jesus and, and, and my friend that was there said, Hey, do you believe in God? He's like, Oh, I believe in God. He's like, who's God? He's like, he's, he's the son of Jesus. And we're like, okay, bro. You, know, you almost got it, but. <laughs> and it's amazing. There are a lot of people in our city that you go, do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. But what Abraham tapped into something and he tapped into this. I believe in God to the point where if I have nothing left, my faith will not be withered. My faith will not faint. My faith will not die. I believe in God. How much do you believe? I'll take a bullet for my God. I'll die for my God. I'll never deny my... That's what I'm talking about. If you can get that kind of belief tonight, oh man, get ready for this year to be your best year ever. I believe in God. I I believe... So let me t- tell you one more story in, in John chapter 11. John chapter 11. There's a man named Lazarus and he's sick. And he lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. Come on, how many of you know rent must be high? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're in Miami. We know what they're saying, you know. <laughs> Lazarus holding up with Mary and my two sisters. Come on, how many of you know you're living with your sisters? Your two sisters and you're a dude, rent must be high up in Bethany right here. <laughs> this is the same Mary, Scripture says, who later poured the expensive perfume on the feet of Jesus and then wiped them with her hair. If you haven't read that story, I implore you to read that. It's so powerful. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, the one who you love is sick. And in other words, what she's saying is this, Lord... The one you love is sick, so I know you're going to come do a miracle in his life. That encourages me. And you need to understand, everything in the Bible is written exactly the way it is for a purpose. Like, that statement, Lord, the one you love, is a strategic sentence in this story. It does not say, Lord, the one who loves you. Lord, you know Lazarus, he's such a good Christian. Lord, Lazarus, he reads the Bible, he prays a lot, he worships a lot. Lord, he gives a lot. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with Lazarus' love. This is so encouraging to me because God is motivated to help you in your life based on his love for you, not based on your love for him. That's good news because many times we think, well, man, Pastor David just must really love the the, the Lord because of of things and and the people on the stage. But no, 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 no. He loves you just like he loves me. He loves me just like he loves you. He doesn't have favorites. There is nothing you can do to cause our God to love you less. And there's nothing anyone can do to cause him to love you more. God wants to move in your life tonight out of his love for you. Loves Come on, you got to get that in your heart tonight. He loves you. The God of all creation loves you. Look what it goes on to say. Verse number four. So they've told him about this sickness and man, Jesus, you got to hurry and get here. But when Jesus heard about it, 
He said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. And if you know the story, Lazarus died. Did Jesus lie? Like he said, he's not going to end in death. No, no, no. Let me just tell you this because in the story, Lazarus does die. So then what was Jesus meaning when he said he won't end in death? Lazarus won't end in death. Here's what he's saying. Is that you're about to go on a journey and part of the journey is going to be unpleasant. Anybody ever walk through some unpleasant things in your life? But he said this, your story won't end the way you think it will end. Your story won't end the way the devil is telling you it's going to end. Your story won't end the way your friends are telling you it's going to end. What God said is this. He's not going to end in death. It won't be the way you think it's going to be, but it's going to be better because it's going to be the way I want it to be. It's so important that you understand that he says it won't end in death because when Lazarus died, Mary and Martha put a period at the end of that, but God said, I'm going to put a comma. You've got to be careful where you put a period instead of a punctuation is so important. You have to understand that tonight. That many of you have said, well, the doctor said it's cancer. I guess period. God says, well, what about a comma that you serve a God who can resurrect the dead that can heal your body? How about God says there is a period, there is a semicolon, and there is some commas and commas. I'm going to bless you and favor you, comma. I'm going to prosper you, comma. I'm not done with you, comma. There's more. Oh, somebody give God a shout of praise. That's so good for us. Because all of a sudden you get like this note from your job that they're downsizing. Oh, they're going to let me off. I don't know what I'm going to do. You put a period. Or an exclamation point when you're freaking out. (laughs) The exclamation point is when you're like, ah! And God's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. The story may turn different than what you want. But the story, excuse my grammar, the story ain't over. What, y'all thought I was going to say something else? (laughs) The story ain't over until God says it's over. Yeah. So today, I've been praying for people that have been believing God for their children because you've got kids that used to be on fire for God, but they're not. Today, I was praying for a gentleman out in the lobby. He's praying for his kids. And he said, man, I just think it's over. I'm like, did you not hear the message just now? You just got a comma. It doesn't look the way you want it to look. But give God some space to do a miracle. It won't look like your timing. It won't look like it fits on your skin. But how many of you know that God is never late, but he's never early. He's always on time in your life. So in the meantime, somebody say meantime. What do you do between the time you prayed and the time that you received your miracle? You hold on to God and say, God, I'm going to believe in you and I'm going to hold on to you with everything I have. Because I've got a promise. It's not going to end this way. Look look what goes on to say. Are you still with me? Okay. Is this okay? All right, here we go. He says this. Verse number four, this is going to happen 
for the glory of God, so the Son of God will receive glory from this day. So although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, watch this, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Then verse number 11, then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. He's talking to his disciples after two days, right? But now I must go wake him up. The disciples said, I love the disciples. Um, <laughs> they're not the smartest tools or sharpest tools in the, in the tool shed. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I don't think I've ever used that phrase before in my life. And I don't know where it came from, but that's where it is. The disciples go, well, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. And they thought Jesus meant Lazarus is simply sleeping, but Jesus meant that Lazarus was dead. I don't know, when I read scripture sometimes about the disciples, I wonder if like when the disciples are talking like this, if Jesus isn't just like, <laughs> Peter, did you really just say that? Where did you guys come from? <laughs> but I realize that you and I are a lot like that. Where you come to church and you hear the promises of God over our life, but Monday comes. And we forget what God already said. I saw this video this week. I'll repeat it. It's from a pastor in North Carolina. Stephen Furtick, and he said, what happens when what you see doesn't look like what God said? That's what was happening here. God, you said he was going to live again, but he's dead. What happens when what you see doesn't look like what he said? You just go back to what he said. And that's what you need to do tomorrow when what God is speaking to you here doesn't look like what you're experiencing out there. You got to rewind your mind back here. And say, man, I remember what God spoke and what God spoke to me on a Sunday night in the 6 p.m. service is still the same truth tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and January and February and, and 2019 and 2020 and 2000. You remember the promise that God spoke over you in that moment. So look what happens. His disciples are... Kind of slow getting it. So no, verse number 14. So he told them plainly. Because these are the disciples, right? He's like, okay, y'all, y'all ain't getting this. He's dead, guys. <laughs> He's dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. Now, now, why would Jesus say he wasn't, he was glad that he wasn't there to heal Lazarus? That sounds perplexing. Almost bizarre. Here's the reason why. He said, because if I had shown up when Mary and Martha wanted me to, then you would have nothing to believe in me for. Could it be the reason why you are going through the things you're going through is because as your faith grows and you don't stop believing. Don't stop. All right, just stop after the phrase. You don't have to keep singing the whole song. I love the six o'clock because you guys always sing the songs with not the musicians, so music. Um, the 10 o'clock just looks at me weird. I love the 10, but they do. He, he, he says this, if, if, I had, if I had healed them, 
then you'd have nothing. Could it be that on the other side of what you are walking through tonight, if your faith keeps pressing and you keep believing and your faith keeps on moving forward on the other end of this season, there is a miracle that you know only came from God. But God can't get you to it unless you let him take you through it. You see, you have to understand tonight, it is going through the valley of the shadow of death and declaring, I will fear no evil. Because it's your rod and your staff that comfort me and preserves me and protects me and it keeps me and it restores me and it comforts me. It's in the, when I go through the valley. You know what we love to do? We, we, we are amazing valley escape artists. That's why so many people get in so much trouble in their life because something unexpected happens and then we turn to alcohol. I got to get out of the valley. We turn to drugs. We turn to relationships that are toxic because I just got to get out of this valley of loneliness. That's why we turn to like porn and we turn to all kinds of like other things and we turn to anger and we turn to bitterness because for a season it helps Helps us feel better because we're in the valley. And we're doing everything we can to get out of the valley. Not understanding that if you turn to other things other than Jesus, it keeps you in the valley even longer. Oh my God, I'm preaching tonight. Man, this is not even in my notes. This is for somebody in this room. That as you keep pressing through the valley, the darkness only exists for the night. But in the morning... There is dancing and there is singing. So guess what? I'm going through this valley and there are wolves and there are jackals and I don't even know other animals because I've stopped watching National Geographic. And they're trying to sneak up on me and attack me and steal your calling and steal your purpose and steal your placement. And they're trying, but you say, God, my focus is on you. I'm going to pray. He needs to give get through this valley. Somebody that needs to get through a valley needs to give God a shout of praise in this place today. Oh, you're coming through it. You're coming through it. Come on, turn to somebody and say, we're coming through this valley. Woo! Uh, Oh, Lord. Let me preach this thing. (laughs) Okay. All right, here we go, here we go. So so he's like, I'm about to do something, guys. It's going to blow your minds. You're all going to believe. You're all going to see how crazy God is. Because they just wanted him to heal somebody. But how many of you, you just walk up and someone's got a fever? All of a sudden they start feeling better. It's like, oh, the fever broke. Cool. Must be the aspirin. But when he's dead, and now he's alive, Jesus done showed up. (laughs) That's what he's talking about. That he wants to take your life through some valleys. Not that he put you in the valley. Understand, scripture says this, that God does not tempt anybody. But he will allow persecution for a season. Because on the other end of that, 
He produces your purpose. Let me just say this. You can't see and understand what God. Stop trying to understand what God is trying to do in your life. You'll never understand it. Just trust him. Just trust him. Look, look, look what happens though. It says this, verse number 16. But Thomas, who is nicknamed the twin, in, in other parts of scripture, he has a nickname called Doubting Thomas. He said to his fellow disciples, uh, Thomas is um, just a negative, negative. He goes, hey, let's just go to and die with Jesus. He's like, Thomas is like Eeyore. You know Eeyore? Anybody know Eeyore? He's like, oh no. Lazarus is dead. And Jesus is like, guys, let's go. We're going to do a miracle. Come on, guys. Lazarus is dead. Let's go die with Jesus. Like what? Here's what I want to tell you. When you're in the valley, you need to be careful who your friends are. Let me say this for you. 2019 needs to be a year that you finally go through your inventory of friends. Oh, no, I'm getting all personal now. Pastor, it's good until you start talking about my people. No, I'm going to talk about your people because 2019 can be another downward spiral if you don't get the people out of your life who have already pushed the the button and they're happy to see you just swirl around and see your purpose get flushed down the drain. This is a year. Come on, this is I'm talking to somebody that all the negative people in your life, you gotta go. You've gotta leave my life. I'm not gonna cut you out, but I'm gonna turn the volume of your voice down. And I'm gonna turn the volume of faith up. I'm gonna say I only want people in my life that are gonna feed the promise of God. I'm only going to have people. Oh, am I talking to somebody? I want people around me. You need people around you that are going to look at you and say, Terrence, you're going to make it. You're going to prosper. You're going to make it. Just hold on. Don't you give up. Raul, don't you dare give up. You need people around you. If you're not careful. Man, there's this phrase that says, misery loves company. And your friends are miserable, and they want you miserable too. So you're going to leave church tonight, you're going to be amped up. Woo! Woo! Let's go! Oh, you went to church? I mean, yeah, I went to church too one time, and man, I mean, it's like, let me say it like this. Show me the top five people in your life. And you're heading in the some direction of those five people. That's why you can tell, looking at me, I hang out with people who love to eat food. You know? That's where I'm going. <laughs> but God has strategically placed people in my life. I have friends who care nothing about fitness and all of a sudden... They're getting ripped. They're getting in shape. And I'm like, don't do that to me, bro. We're like donut buddies, man. Don't do that. But it's funny because you're going their direction. So I find myself working out now more than ever before. No, no, don't. don't. I don't want that to grow in my life. I want salty donut, not LA fitness. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm just saying, choose your friends carefully because they'll steal from you. They'll steal your dreams. They'll steal your purpose. In seasons when you're confused, that is the season that stay planted. Hold that loud. So look what happens. Verse number 17. I got to close. If the band could come up. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already died. He was in the grave for four days. And Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Mary and Martha for their loss. And when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary, watch this. She stayed in the house. Listen, I want to encourage you to believe through the ups and through the downs. And I want to encourage you to check your perspective on your problem. Because your perspective on your problem will determine how quickly you get to your purpose. Because you have two sisters lived in the same roof. Apparently the same mom and dad. But they had two responses. Because there's some people here tonight that you're like, Well God, where were you at when? Fill in the blank. How come you let my dad die? How come when I was trusting you financially, I got laid off? God, I've been believing you. I've been serving. and Now I'm scared over some health issue. But God, what? A relationship issue. Whatever it is, fill in the blank for your life. There's hundreds of us in this room. There's so many different scenarios. But here's the thing. When you come up to it, take one of two perspectives you either be a Martha or a Mary what's the difference pastor when Mary didn't get the miracle on her timeline I guess she figured that God was like a vending machine in the sky I say a prayer push the button and here's the promise that's not how it works so Mary heard Jesus was coming and she's like I'm not going there I'm not going to go see Jesus Jesus wants to see me he can come here I'm not going to him Martha ran out to see Jesus same experience two different perspectives Martha heard Jesus is coming where's he at? Oh, he's on his way get me out of this house I'm going to go run up to Jesus I need to find Jesus what's the difference? Martha chose to get better. Mary chose to get bitter. You have a choice in every situation. You can get bitter or you can get better. When things happen to you, you can get bitter or you can get better. When people betray you, you can get bitter or you can get better. When people talk about you, you can either choose to get bitter or you can choose to get better. I love the response of Martha. She said, I believe in Jesus and I believe even when I don't understand and he's on his way. So I'm going to run to him and I'm going to fall at his feet and I'm going to worship the name of Jesus. sees Jesus and she says, Jesus, I've run here to you and I've got a question. Why didn't you heal him? I know you could have. Look, look, what, look what Jesus says. Verse number 22, she says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but even now I know that God your Father will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. I know, Jesus, Martha says, I know it's prophets have foretold that that in the future, 
when the Son of Man comes, we're all going to rise. But I wanted him now. Why didn't you save him? And Jesus told her, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. That's so important because resurrection is not an event. It is not Easter. It is a person. And Jesus said, resurrection, Martha, is looking you in the face right now. My presence in your life is resurrecting the dead things in your life. And I've come here tonight to say, the presence of God is in this room right now. And it's his presence in this room is resurrecting dead things in this room. It's his power, his presence, come on, are you with me? That is resurrecting your hopes and your dreams and the prayers that you've been praying and your faith and your belief. Resurrect is here look, look what happens look what happens he goes on to tell her anyone who believes in me will live come on there's that word belief even after dying and everyone who lives in me here's the word again and believes in me come on that's why this word believe is so powerful for you this year who never die and then he asks her one more time and he says the word three times in one sentence do you believe and that same question is the question I have for you tonight do you believe do you believe in what God has spoken over you or have you given into your concern you say, Pastor, how do, I, how do I live like that? Three things. Number one is this. It's in your notes. How, how, how do I have this kind of belief? Number one is simply this. Trust that God is in control. <laughs> Some of you tonight, you just need to release the steering wheel of your life and say, God, you're in control. Control over concern. I'm concerned, but I'm not going to take control. God, you are in control. Number two is simply this. How do you have that kind of belief and faith? Trust in God's power. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 says, I pray that you would begin to understand, come on, how incredibly great your power is to help those who believe in him. The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Here's number three. Rise to your calling. Every person in this room has a calling of God on their life. This year is the year to rise to your calling. But I know you're here tonight and you say, but pastor, I feel so dry. I feel like my faith is dry. I feel like my hopes and my dreams. I'm going through this valley. Let me show you this picture of Death Valley. Death Valley is the hottest, driest place in the entire nation temperatures that peak like nowhere else the dryness in this ground look how cracked and barely round is in this picture it barely rains at all here so nothing grows it's just dry desolate hopeless depressing discouraged frustrated Will I ever get out? But a phenomenon happened December of 2014. And something happened here that had never happened before. It rained seven inches. It rained seven inches and then it went a year and three months 
with no rain. No one really paid attention to it until Easter Sunday of 2015. Someone was driving through and they took this picture of the very same valley. (laughs) And I declare in the name of Jesus that the same thing is happening in this room. You see the cracks in your life are evidence of brokenness but your brokenness creates openness you see it was the cracks in the mud in that ground that allowed the rain to permeate and get down to the sea you see it wasn't even that death valley was even dead but underneath the surface oh just underneath the surface there were seeds that were waiting for the right environment the things in your life that you think are dead and over with, they are not dead. They are not over with. There are seeds in your life right now. God has placed seeds of faith in your heart. Listen, you are created to be a planet shaker, a world changer. We are called to dominate. We are called to take over. And it's just underneath the seeds of your discouragement and your grief and your fear and your frustration and your insecurity. It's just under the seed. All you needed was the right environment for the Holy Spirit to reign on you. We've been praying today that this would be an environment where the Holy Spirit would reign on your life. And in those broken places of your heart, you would say, God, send your reign. Let it get through the hard outer shell of this man. You see, for some of us, God's been trying to do something in us, but he couldn't because we have such a hard outer shell. (laughs) But when when you're in a broken place, It's those gaps where his water and his presence can get into your heart and water those seeds once again. And new dreams are going to come to life. New hope is going to come to life. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need the rain of the Holy Spirit to water these seeds in my heart. I want to dream again, hope again, believe again, have faith again trust again if that's you in this room I want you to lift your hands all over this place yeah yeah all over all over yeah 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 would you do something else come on would you lift up both hands just in a in a sign of surrender like we're receiving from God right because that's what we're doing and God with our hands stretched high we ask you to rain down on us come on would you ask him right where you are Holy Spirit rain down on us the places in my heart to grow, Lord. I pray, God, that the dead areas in my life would begin to grow again. They would begin to prosper again. Lord, open up doors. Put favor on my life. Oh, God. You're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I need to believe in Jesus. 
I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and tonight I want to do that. Listen, already over 70 people have crossed the line of faith today to say yes to Jesus. If that's you tonight, you say, I don't want to leave this place. Pastor, pray for me. And maybe you've prayed it before, but you say, man, I just, I've kind of wandered, I've drifted, but man, I, I want today to know without a doubt that me and God are good. If that's you, all across this room, lift your hand. Pastor, would you pray for me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, all across this room. Oh, my Lord, so many people. Come on, would you say this out loud? Say, Jesus, tonight I ask you to forgive me of every sin. Tonight I ask you to be my Lord and Savior, and I say yes to you. Come on, would you stand up to your feet for this last part of this prayer? Come on, let's go. Jesus, tonight I pray that my faith would grow and that 2019 would be a year of audacious faith and unbelievable belief. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.